Hello and welcome to Level Up and Friends, where those of us from the comic book and video game store Level Up Entertainment get together a group of friends and we have a discussion for a different topic every week. Uh, continue with our Halloween-themed stuff for this month of October. Uh, we're going to be talking about horror video games, specifically what we think makes good a good horror game. Uh, with me this week, uh, joining me is Tim. Hello. And I've got John. What's up, everyone? There you uh, go. So, <laughs> we're all of a certain age where we've had a chance to play uh, horror games from very primitive consoles to very modern ones. Um, so we got to see a little bit about how that uh, those types of games evolved over the years. Um, and I know specifically you guys are also, I would say, probably more into horror games than I am. But so let's give everyone a little bit of context in our history. Uh, Tim, why don't you start us off? Uh, I started really getting into the horror genre for, for video games, at least with the original Resident Evil game. Um, I played when I was a probably 12 ish young teens, somewhere in there. Um, I moved on to Silent Hill um, and then found my way through like Bioshock, Dead Space, that kind of thing. But I've definitely attached myself to the genre of survival horror throughout video game history. Yep. And John, how about you? Uh, I'm just a video game collector, so I, I, I play everything. I'm surrounded in a room full of video games. Uh, I, I cling to certain stuff. I'll, I'll cling to like um, the horror genre, particularly for like Silent Hill or Resident Evil. And then like stuff no sane person probably likes, like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street for NES is one of my favorites. Have you ever had a chance to play that with four players? I, no, it looks like chaos. I, I'd yeah. love to, but... I don't know anyone who has the the NES multi tab, whatever it was called. I don't remember uh, the four called. score. Four score. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you I don't have that. I've, I know your I know your collection. I'm shocked you don't have that. Yeah, <laughs> I think. How many games support that besides? Uh, I mean, that. Uh, yeah. game. and then uh, <laughs> Mega Cat Studios made a game called Justice Duel, which is like Smash Brothers, and that's four players. Um, Damn. Other than that, I don't know any other game uses it. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sure there are more. I'm sure there's like some micro machines or version or something that has four players. I think um, you're right. I, think it is I, I have uh, been witness to you playing Nightmare on Elm Street at least once. And it looks like a nightmare literally with only one player. So I can't imagine four people trying to do that. You I will just, yeah. You gotta understand it. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's all. <laughs> I, I will say as far as like NES horror games go, I think that's probably, I'm not going to say the best. I think that's the most straightforward. That's a weird way to put it for a game that has you collect the bones and doesn't tell you you need to collect the bones to move on throughout the level <laughs> to finish it. I mean, we're talking NES. There was really almost no in-game tutorials. It's just you did things. And if you're right, you got to keep going. If you're wrong, you had to start over. There's a single goal, at least. Yeah. yeah. But, like, you know, we're comparing it to things like Friday the 13th, which I played a lot of as a kid because my one of my friends had it. And I'm like, I hate this. It's like the worst <laughs> game ever. <laughs> It's like very it's easy hard. to hate that. It, yeah, it, it's impossible to figure out where you're going. Like, the, the the controls are terrible. Like, the weapons are terrible. You fight, like, generic monsters. Like, Jason, you occasionally bump into, and there's just no way you can ever win. Uh, I don't know. Isn't there something in that game where you go – sometimes you go around the map, and you're actually going counterclockwise. Just yeah, like because – go the other way. Because the map is – you look from top down, but, like, your characters – the screens aren't always from the same perspective. Right. Uh, it's it's really annoying. Um 
But, you know, I'll give a little bit about my history with some horror games. <laughs> Besides playing the games like that when we were kids, I never got too deep into, like, the proper scary games. I, like, I've always been a big fan of the horror genre and, like, film and, and comics and stuff. But for some reason, like, the games, and we'll get into this when we talk about one specifically, I just never drew me in. But I like games that are, like, horror trappings. Like, I love uh, Castlevania, Splatterhouse, Doom, stuff like that. Luigi's Mansion, even. Um, so they're, they're, I've always been really into, like, that kind of stuff. But when it comes to, like, games that are actually supposed to be scary, I, I some reason that my, like, what I look for in games aren't necessarily it, what you'd get in a survival horror game. I appreciate what they are. It's just, it's like the same thing with Metroid, where, like, I, I like everything about it other than to play it, if that makes any sense. There's a huge community for just kind of streaming that style of game so it makes a lot of sense it seems like yeah. you're not the only one at least yeah and i think that's how most people want to experience like modern horror games like five nights at freddy's <laughs> i played for that for five minutes i got the gist and i was like this is a worse version of night trap that's fair you know we're just looking at hard to do remember when that was like <laughs> the biggest controversy ever I've tried so hard. I can't tell you how many times to beat Night Trap on Sega CD, and I can't. Yeah. It's I can't do it, man. I've seen you try that one too. <laughs> I, I've tried awful. it. <laughs> I've tried it many times as well. I picked it up on Switch just because for the absurdity of it being on Switch. Right. And I was like, man, this game is just unplayable almost. <laughs> I would just love to just extract the movie bits out and just. I, I appreciate that. the minor improvements they made on the the re-release versions where you could see the little TVs and there's the movement in it, like the, the video is playing, so you can kind of get a gist of it. But like mm -hmm. the Sega CD version is unbearable because you just have to keep flipping and guessing. I yeah. don't know how to play that when it came out. And it's this, and it's so much, the resolution so bad in it. Like it's really hard to tell what's happening with these little guys like carting around. <laughs> Amazing music though. That it's so good. Yeah. Oh no, the game's got a, a cheesy charm to it. Though. Like I, I want to love it, but like I, it's just not playable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the worst part was in the re-releases. They have all these cool things like the documentary parts and like behind the scenes, and you have to beat the game. I don't know how many times to unlock that stuff. I'm like, I'm never gonna see this. This is yeah. insane. That's why YouTube exists. Yeah. Um, but now, now we talked a little bit about some horror games that don't really work. Let's talk about like what we like like to look for in, in you know a, a horror game, as it were. Um, like I said, I, I like general atmosphere. Um, we mentioned Five Nights at Freddy's. I think jump scares in general are like the cheapest, lamest thing because it's like, oh, I got startled. And then you're just annoyed that that happened. Um, but I, 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 I like a lot of atmosphere in my games. That's why I like games. I think more have horror trappings to them rather than just horror games themselves. I, I would agree. Um, I would say atmosphere plays a huge role in most survival horror games or horror games in general. Um, the big thing for me is even with jump scares, they can be used, if they're used correctly, if the atmosphere is still there, it sticks out. Like Resident Evil, for example, the initial dog jumping out the window. Oh, that's, I stopped playing it then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm done. That jump scare is a jump scare and it is incredibly effective. However, you still have to run for your life or try and fight the dog. So I feel like yeah. there are times where it can be used correctly and then there's times where it just feels cheap yeah it's, it's a tool like anything else it's just yeah. you got to use it uh correctly um but tim what's one of the things you look for in a horror game then um one of them would be sound i mean that 
sticks out as a primary, whether it be the monsters, the music, um, the sound effects themselves. Uh, music tends to play a big role for me in most of the survival horror games that I that I go through and that I stick with. So what about you, John? Same question. Ooh, um, I, I, I always think of when I play, like, what's the hook of this? Like, I think there's, there's horror games with interesting uh, potential to it that never quite pan out. But like, a lot of people hold Eternal Darkness in, in a real high regard, and I think that has some real interesting concepts, but it never really clicked with me. But uh, I, I like what's what's the hook, what's the gimmick here that, that makes it a special kind of horror game? Because there's plenty of, of, you know, like jump scares, like you said, type games out there now. But very few games have done the um, sanity meter type stuff like Eternal Darkness did. or um, um, and, and not a lot of them have good soundtracks, I don't think, either, right? So, so like, there's the Silent Hills, I think, are, are you know, top tier yes. horror soundtracks. Down. Um, and then it's, uh, I'm trying to think of what else, um, we could put in that category. Do you want me to just start listing? Yeah, I've got some lists for you. (laughs) Well, without further ado, let's just, just jump into it then. If you want Um, to go there, Tim. But I I think the, the biggest standout for it is Silent Hill. Um, pretty much without question. Resident Evil has some good tracks, like odd ones though, like the safe room actually sticks out because it's that relief sense you get. Um, and they vary it up per game, but I always end up having that on a playlist somewhere. Um, Odd Ones, Bioshock had a good playlist, both serious sound effect and also like the old timey feel. The the real like crazy laughs in Bioshock always did it for me. I, like I was that was yeah. so so effectively used. Yeah. Um, what are some other big ones? Um, Alan Wake I liked a lot. Um, Great atmosphere in that game. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Running from light post to light post, going like, oh, geez, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I mean, flashlights <laughs> not really working for me here. That was Staying good. under street light, praying. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Silent Hill definitely stands above most. What do you think of Amnesia and, and Penumbra, those kind of games? The style of game or the style of atmosphere or the sound? The, the sound in the atmosphere, because I think that's another game that uses sound really well. The sound is good. They they do a very similar thing to what Silent Hill, especially the original Silent Hill, did, where it is dead quiet at times. Mm-hmm. So there's no music, there's no sound effect, there's no nothing, and you're just wandering aimlessly, and then any sound will make you jump, which is a good effect. Yeah. Um, but they also... Amnesia sticks out for me with having a really good soundtrack, but it's been so long since I played it. Yeah, same. Um, also, I get I get frustrated by the bit? game. No, don't do that. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also I I prefer a style of game where I can actually fight back in some way. So like Outlast and Amnesia and those style of games tend to frustrate me a little bit more than most. But yeah. that's just my preference. That's fine. I mean, everyone's different. Like, I can definitely see. Like, I I'm a similar way. Um, like I mentioned Doom earlier, I was I've been playing Doom Eternal this year, and I put it down on the base difficulty because it's like I don't really want a challenge. I just want the power trip, <laughs> going down like a million demons. But like I can definitely see the appeal of like being really helpless and like that's kind of using your wits more to, like out like outsmart your situation, you know? Like limits. Yeah. Limits are a big thing in horror games. 
and sometimes I think uh, like limits work really well. Like uh, Silent Hill is a great example of like the PlayStation One. You could only render so much. They had they have to do like the fog of war that you would do yep. in, like Turok and stuff. But that really helped make it really helped the atmosphere. You really couldn't tell what was going to be around the next corner, and it made the game a lot scarier because of that. And it was a good way to kind of get around your your technological limitations of the time. Like if Silent Hill was to be made now, he probably you know it would be too realistic looking. Yeah. I, when was the I, last time they did a Silent Hill game? Now that I think about it, downpour. Downpour. Yeah. I was, gonna say, I was gonna say was it just PT? Hold on, let me find the exact date because now I'm curious and I'm sorry. Downpour is probably like 2013, I'd, I'd guess. Yeah, I'm surprised now that there hasn't been one in so long. But it's Konami and they don't know what they're doing. 2012, very close. Okay. Yep. Oh my gosh. I enjoyed aspects of Downpour. I did as well. It definitely was not a great game. Yeah. But there were some things in there that I enjoyed. And I feel like that's a lot of survival horror in general. How important do you think puzzles are in horror games? Uh, Depends on what kind of puzzles. I think the Resident Evil ones are a little too cryptic. Right. Same. A little too... Wait, 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 wait. A little too... No, a little too... (laughs) Maybe not cryptic, but I think esoterics the the word. Which game? That's I, the important one. <laughs> I've only really played Resident Evil One. Okay. And that's a little too much. Like, how does someone actually like supposed to live in this mansion where I got to go find the red key from this other room? And I but there's like a block pushing puzzle to get to it. Like, I think about that kind of stuff because there's a bunch of downtime in between, like when you find a zombie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. As it also annoys me to I I hate the tank controls. And I, I don't really like a lot of backtracking. Like I mentioned this, we were talking about Metroidvania games a couple episodes ago. And it's just why they don't really, the genre doesn't really come out, like, appeal to me. Um, but that's why I never really got into Resident Evil. My most of experience with it was I played a little bit of it when it first came out. And it scared me, so I didn't play it again. For I played the, when they remade it on GameCube, I, I rented that and I was playing that. But I wasn't compelled enough to, like, rent it again. I think that the first one, I could definitely agree with you. Like some of those puzzles make little sense. It is very difficult to find some of the stuff. Uh, you, you walk around with two items that you're just like, I don't know what to do with this for half the game. Um, but once you get down towards like five, there is no real puzzle. If they try and do that, it's ridiculous and simple. Yeah, um, I, I did play a bit of five. I played a little bit of the co-op with a yeah. friend on that. I think seven hit the nail pretty hard on the head of like intuitive, but you still have to think about what you're doing. I think that was a big get for the popularity of seven. Yeah, well, I think seven's popularity might also stem from like we, although was it six when they went back to like the horror roots? Because I know they went, they went this weird action route for a while. Six was definitely the action game. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Six because it came out a while ago. Yeah, six had three different scenarios for you to play through, and Leon's was kind of survival horror. Chris's was ridiculous, um, and then what was the the other one was uh, Wesker, Wesker's son. Yeah, Jake. Jake. Yeah. Yeah. And that was also fairly ridiculous. They were just big movie action set pieces yeah. from, from point to point. Yeah. But they promised they were going to go back. But they fixed that in 7 at least. 7 yeah. was definitely a change of form for them. 
And just what's the story of Seven? Does it have connection to the rest of them? Because it seems so disconnected. Uh, how do you guys feel about spoilers for games that came out what, five years ago, six That's, years ago? That's fine. We can, oh. hey, we're going to spoil this game. Skip ahead a couple minutes if you don't want to hear that. Um, there isn't much of any, actually. Umbrella plays a factor, but it's pretty confusing, and it's still not clear even after completing the game. Um, Umbrella kind of fails in America forcibly the government intercedes and then the government takes them over and they try and fix it but it's that's not quite clear yet so it's kind of a loose hook more than I didn't, anything i did not care for the end where you're the big final fight and they just throw you the gun and you're like all right here we go like, i mean this is it, how you're tying this in <laughs> that's that's yeah that was pretty much it that was yeah. the last 20 minutes of the game are pretty much hey this is how we're doing this now how so. would you feel if like res, like a game series like Resident Evil uh, kind of got away from just like telling like a continuous story in like the same world and made more like an anthology thing like series like of horror games where they just kind of kept the same name like how the original plan was for John Carpenter's Halloween series was just going to be like loosely based around like the idea of Halloween um, where it just is like they're just horror games but because they're unconnected from each other you can kind of be very like has such different scenarios like it doesn't always have to be like a biological weapon for example maybe not less evil specifically but i think that has a great name for something like that yeah and i think that they've taken seven proved that they've taken steps in that direction at least Mm -hmm. um they changed the monster you're fighting they changed the way that the monster interacts or how it comes to be are Um, you saying that resident evil 7 is the halloween 3 of the franchise well, in so, I don't, from a certain <laughs> point of view, I guess. I, I don't know if I'd go that far. Listen, uh, I, I'll say because Hall- they're both excellent. First yeah. off, <laughs> say Halloween Three is better than all of the other Halloween sequels, in my opinion, because they're just really lame versions of Halloween. At least Halloween Three is different. Um. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just I, I think that might be kind of fun, and maybe you yeah. know they could, they could. I don't want to say make it a yearly thing like how they do with Call of Duty, like where that had multiple studios working on alternating games. No game funny. should be yearly anymore. We're no, they shouldn't. But like, if they could have a couple <laughs> at the same time, because that would be because like, it's always kind of fun. Like I like to play these kinds of games this time of year, um, just to you know, because it's Halloween and you know, yeah. I'm in the mood to for scary stuff. Yeah. Um, it's kind of what they're doing. Um, the remakes that they're releasing, they're trying to release them pretty much every other year-ish or every three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have the main title for Resident Evil as well, which has a release next year. So, and then they, I think re- Remake 4. They did two tra- two trailers so far, okay. yeah. Um, but it definitely seems like a departure for, again, even for 7. So. Yeah. What do you What do you guys think about the remakes? Go ahead. I think that the second remake is maybe the best of the fran- you know, the whole franchise. It is definitely up there. I still prefer remake one, I think, but that's just nostalgia talking, I feel like. Yeah. Remake two is... I think the HD version of the remakes of, of Zero and One um, yeah. really help with the modernized controls. Yeah, hands down. Because that was brutal. 
but I was not. I, I just started playing the three remake, and so far I'm not really digging it. I'm gonna say I enjoyed it, but of course I did because that's that's how that goes. You played it obsessively. Yeah. yeah. I, from what from what I picked up from Osmosis Three was a bit of a disappointment. I think people expected something like remake two and there's no way they could have made that in the time frame that they gave themselves yeah so yeah but I, and, I I know they, and i know they changed a bunch of like stories and stuff like does that the, none of that stuff bothers you guys like i think everything they changed is maybe not everything but a lot of what they changed is for the better because a lot of resident evil's story did not make i wish they sense. never changed the beginning of the original resident evil where we get the live action <laughs> um, intro movie i think it's brilliant i think the zombie dog that's just like a statue that they they put some some goo on it to make it look like a <laughs> zombie dog i think that's great i think that should have never left uh no, no. i get why they changed that but i yeah. also agree that should never have left <laughs> I, I love the I, the first game had a, a, an interesting charm to it i really like where it's like this b horror movie is really stilted voice actors and stuff but I, don't, I definitely did not appreciate it at the time. I was just like, wow, this is bad. Um, but, you know, how long ago did that come out? We were like teenagers. so It came out in 96. Oh, we weren't even teenagers yet. Yeah. Oh, my so God. So it, it, it was not actually that bad for its time. Yeah. Arguably, I guess. I, I, I definitely didn't play it when it first came out. I was, pro- yeah. I was probably in high school when I first played it. I mean, uh, playing it now, it's awful. It's the yeah. worst, <laughs> the worst voice acting I can think of, but. Maybe that was uh, just the era, right? Like yeah. I don't, I can't remember anything from from the PS One era, and be like, wow, like this really holds up. And no, that ma- that masterpiece of voice work. So. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, that generation in general, I think, is aged horribly. Like even the stuff that's good, still, it's like, oh, this is. That's why I think a lot. It's it's perfect for all these like uh, remakes. It's like perfect for mining for all that stuff, like getting the crash games and the spiral games and stuff now, not just the horror stuff. Yeah, unless it was sprite-based, it's really, it's kind of yeah. rough to go back to. Yeah, like that whole N64 PlayStation 1 era, I think, is like, and yeah. if you don't have nostalgia for that, like, I don't think it's worth playing those games now for the most part. I'm sure there's a couple of games that are, and I'm not thinking about them at the moment, but. I went back to Castlevania Legacy of Darkness recently, and uh, that's still not a good game. I tried. I really wanted to like it. <laughs> I, I want to like those games, too, because I had an N64, and I was I wanted to play Castlevania. Um, and those games are just bad. Um, but I'll move us on to another uh, category because I lo- I like the Castlevania games a lot. But I've I mentioned it like Metroidvania games. I really like the linear ones. Um, you know your your Castlevanias one, three, four, um, stuff like that. Um, I didn't play the God of War games because they just looked lame in God of War. I can't even remember what they're called, like Shadows of Dracula or something. Some something goofy like that. Um, yeah. But I, I especially love the first Castlevania game. Um, I know it's NES hard, but it's one of those games like once you kind of like get it, get it on its terms. I think it's a lot of fun. Plus, it's just like a, a great monster mash where you just you're going through all of the classic monsters that you'd want to fight in the lead up to fight Dracula. And I I don't know something about it. I just really enjoy. Um, I know they're not maybe like horror horror games. Um, but I know Symphony of the Night's definitely gothic horror. Like, you can't take that from it. Also terrible voice acting, but... You again, steal men's souls. What is a man? <laughs> um, but, like, 
the gameplay is really like the gameplay holds up in that. Like that's one where all you need to do is just record new voice lines and you're good to go. Yeah. Or just put it on mute for those parts and you're good to go. Didn't they do that for the PSP version or something? <sighs> Did they? Because I know they recently released that and what was the Rondo of Blood? I think. Yeah. Another well, excellent Castlevania game. Yeah. Um, and talk about killer soundtracks. Um, uh. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I. I like the Castlevania series. If you guys want to, if you consider them horror game, I think they're more action. Um, but they definitely can. Some of the some of the later games, like some of the Game Boy and DS games, have a lot of atmosphere on them too. Um, but I the definitely DS think, Castlevania games definitely were they continue that gothic horror trend from from GBA to yeah. DS. Yeah, I enjoyed them a lot more than the regular games that they were putting out at that time. So. So yeah, I, I'm yeah I, I'm I'm that's my weird opinion on Castlevania. I played a lot of two as a kid because that's just what like we had in my friends group. Um, and I was like, this is fine. But, like I never owned it. So I wasn't, I didn't have to get stuck at the part where you need to have a certain item and then lean, like kneel in front of a, a specific wall for an hour. Yeah. Um, do all that kind of weird stuff. I was just like, Oh, I can run back and forth and kill monsters. Oh, it's a terrible night to have a curse. There's a okay, sixth version of that. Again. Yeah. yeah, there's a they sixth version of that up, on the yeah. internet for, for Redacted. I think it's called Castlevania mm-hmm. 2 Redacted. And they fixed some of that stuff, but I still don't think it's a very good game. <laughs> I, th- I, okay. think it's, I think it's a misguided and flawed game. I think 3 is a much better game, obviously. Yeah. And then Super Castlevania 4 is potentially the best one of that style. Um, but uh, Speaking of Metroidvania games, uh, do you guys consider Metroid a bit of a horror game? I think it has that isolating atmosphere. Oh, I mean, yeah, it definitely feels like Alien, like the first one, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, the first one, maybe. Yeah. I, 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 I consider Super Metroid, like, really where the series started. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely more of sci-fi monsters and stuff and not, like, yeah. monster monsters. Yeah. But I, I always really appreciate the, like, isolating atmosphere that those go for, and I think that goes a long way. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of the scariest moments you guys have experienced in a video game. Um, I'll say mine, and everyone will laugh at me first, so we'll just get it out of the way. Um, there's a part in the first Luigi's Mansion towards the end. The mansion gets struck by lightning, and all of the power goes out. So every room that you cleared is all of a sudden extremely dangerous again. And so it's just constant, like you're like, but you have to, in the dark, you have to try to figure out how to turn the power back on. Oh man, that was so tense for me when I was like 14 or whatever it was when that came out. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever the GameCube launched was like 2001, something like that. Um, I don't know. One or two, yeah. It's just you spend the whole game feeling real safe because you've you've been conquering it room by room and all of a sudden the entire mansion's like in play again. (laughs) And you have to get down through your like starts at the attic and you have to get down to the basement to like flip the circuit breakers and stuff. And just all of the most dangerous ghosts are like just everywhere now. So it's like no safe place you can hide. I mean, those curveballs add a definite suspense. So I could definitely see that being a little scary, even for. It's it's clearly like a goofy, like kitty kitty ghost game. But like, I just remember that being like, oh my God. Like, stuff. Again, it was good use of jump scares because ghosts will pop out of things. But because like there's no safe place to be, like, ghosts could be anywhere. So I was like, but you want to rush so you can like get the lights on, but you're like afraid to because something's going to come out at you. 
Um, now I played it again last year for Halloween. I just run around everything like whatever. This is like nothing now. <laughs> and like you can do it in like two minutes and you're done. But yeah. when, when you're first doing it, I got, you know, you're into it and you get stuck into that. Um, I don't know if you guys have any moments like that in uh, horror video games that you that you experienced. I'll say when I was like eight or nine years old, my cousin brought over Resident Evil 2. I guess when that came out, it was probably 98, I would guess, 99, somewhere around there. 98. That's, that sounds yeah. right. Yeah. And um, he's like, you got to check this out. And I, you know, I'm eight, nine years old and I just hear that first Resident Evil and I'm like, whoa, what is this? And he's <laughs> like, here you go. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> could not Look, comprehend the tank controls and zombies at me and I was like what is happening oh, cat man. sorry yeah, it happens from time to time get some cats jumping in I've had my dog jumping in and stuff it's all good everyone's used to it now um, Tim what about you I already mentioned the window break which is a big one for me. Um, The other one I would say is the first, in Silent Hill 2, the first time you get to see Pyramid Head. Because it's an entire, it's just a cutscene. Like you're walking around a dilapidated hotel. You hear something, you run into a room and you see a, without getting too graphic, you see a bizarre interaction and uh, it just kind of sets a tone for that character throughout the entire game of like, I want nothing to do with that guy. Whenever that guy is around, I want to run the opposite way forever. Oh, I just thought of another good one. Um, the, the intro to Dead Space I thought was phenomenal. Just really well done with the... Um... It's a very calm. You're on the ship, and then you, you lock in, and then just shit hits the fan. You're like, that is a great one. Whoa! Uh, the, the intro to Bioshock too. Yeah, that's another you're, one. You're paddling in, and you're like, "All right, this is this is neat. It looks beautiful." And then, like, you you walk in, and stuff's clearly messed up. And then, as you walk further, you hear people laughing manically, and the splicer banging on the biosphere yeah. as you're, you're sinking <laughs> down. <laughs> You see like the glowing eyes and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man. So John, I know you like a lot of weird, obscure games. What are some good horror games you think people may not have heard of? Um boy, we're gonna talk about Dreamcast horror games. So I think those are the ones that don't get enough appreciation. Like um The Ring Terror's Realm. I forgot out- that there was a ring game. <laughs> yeah, which came out before uh the Ring movie hit here. It was based on the Ring books. Um, I, it was I got one. Yeah, I got one. Nightmare Creatures too. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that was on Dreamcast, right? I know it's on PS One. Yeah, I think it was ported to Dreamcast. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think the there's stuff going on in Terra's Realm, uh, the Ring that is cool. Uh, it's just not all together. <laughs> You're between going between like the cyber world. It's this weird aesthetic to it that that is very time and place. 1999. I think that's the really good time capsule of what that was. Um, there's also Carrier on Dreamcast. I think that's a very good horror game. Um, and Blue, Blue Stinger would be, be my other Dreamcast horror game recommendation. Oh, Illbleed. Uh, I hate Illbleed. I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to like it so bad. 
Hate it. I hate the, the spooky meter as you're trying to walk through everything. Do not like it. Really wanted to. I thought it was a cool concept. All right, so Dreamcast. Yeah, now that you mention it, like, when people talk about Dreamcast, the only you ever hear about is obviously the Sega made games. Uh, arcade ports, like for fighting games, like Marvel vs. Capcom and uh, Soul Calibur and stuff. And then uh, how you could just burn things to it. So nobody bought anything, which is why it failed. And then everyone's upset that it failed. Yeah, I, I, I kind of forgot that there were horror games on it, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people did. There, oh, um, Zombies Revenge is a really good arcade-style game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Great game. House of the Dead's on there, but that's a Sega game. So I've, I've, yeah. it falls yeah. into my thing people talk about. Um, all right, so Tim, what was the game you mentioned? Nightmare Creatures 2? <laughs> Nightmare Creatures 2. It was just an offshoot as soon as it said Dreamcast. <laughs> yeah. Was it, well, is there any like obscure or underappreciated horror games you think people aren't uh, aware of? Um, I mean, Alan Wake is a big one for me, but I don't know if that's considered obscure at all. Um, I mean, I know that was kind of like a big deal when it came out, but like nobody's really talked about it since. That's true. Um, obscure is a literal game. Yeah. That is a horror game that is actually interesting. Um, I don't know about playing it now, but it was definitely interesting at the time. Um, I know it was Condemned. Kind, of hard, hard, kind of hard to get, Obscure was. Yeah, yeah. Um, Condemned was a big one for me, because that was a very unique horror that came experience. came out of nowhere, I feel like, too. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. it like early 360? I remember that being yes. like, standing out in like a sea because there wasn't a lot yet. It was that and the original Prey, I thought, really stood out for the early 360 stuff. The original Prey was a great game, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, Parasite about, um, Eve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely Parasite Eve. Parasite Eve 2. I'll even go third birthday for PSP. That was pretty good. I never, I could never convince myself to actually try and play it. Yeah. Oh, I was so not? horrified yeah. <laughs> that it was going to be terrible. It's fine. It's not, you know, one or two, but I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. How about um, Siren Blood Curse for PS3? Siren was neat. Yeah. I think Blood Curse is like the sort of a remake of the first one. With some some more modern modernized controls and stuff, obviously. Um, I'll even go. Um, here's a really dumb one. Um, Juon Haunted House Simulator for the Wii. Um, oh, what is that called? Here? The Grudge. Yeah, the Grudge. That's what it's called. Yeah. I was like, I know it's another word people know what it is here, but the original is that Korean? It's Japanese. J-Hart. Is it Japanese? Yeah. It's yeah. J- all right. Yeah, it's it's called Juon, um, and. It's, yeah, yeah, of course it's Japanese. That's a creepy kids like there is like a is a big yeah. trope. Um, that's cool, uh, John. You might be the only other person in the world besides me who may have played this, but there was a game released for the Famicom called Sweet Home. Oh yeah, I have played, played it. Have you yeah. played it too, Tim? Because you have yeah, to get of course, a... it's based on Resident Evil. Well, Resident well, Evil's based vice on versa. it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> which is funny because it's a movie tie-in game. I definitely get why they did not port it because it is so much text uh, to translate. Which is why you know it took fans years to do it. But like, for an, as I'm a huge NES guy, and like for an NES game, like it's got multiple endings. It's got permadeath. It's just like got all these characters with different abilities to juggle. I think it's such a cool game. It's got um, a lot going on for an epic game. Yeah, yeah, it's like incredible. it's insane compared to the the games that were all. You know, put that next to Super Mario Brothers. Like you know, both good games, but so vastly different, but on the same hardware, like very primitive hardware. You mentioned um, Clock Tower too, like um, that Super Nintendo Clock Tower game. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can get that translated, I think that's worth a play. I don't know, I don't think the the, the point to click 
controls really translate real well today, but it's interesting. Like that yeah. for, for the Super Nintendo and, and PlayStation 1. Um, I think they're interesting games. And they did that um, Kickstarter sort of successor, Nightcry. That's another huge disappointment that I wanted to like. It seems like a lot of that comes from Kickstarter. Yeah. Unless you're Shovel Knight. Yeah, <laughs> the one hero yeah. of Kickstarter. Um, um, what are some other obscure ones? Uh, well, I can't really think of obscure. I keep thinking of like stuff that's worth mentioning, but I wouldn't consider obscure like Dino Crisis and like Fatal Frame. And yeah, I mean they definitely don't get a lot of love because they're yeah. buried in the Capcom library. And well, see, I guess the account Dino Crisis. May they rest in peace. I guess Dino Crisis is a horror game. I know it's based on the Resident Evil engine, but instead of zombies, it's dinosaurs. It was, yeah, for its time, it was fairly horrifying running from a T-Rex or a Velociraptor. Yeah. yeah. Makes the whole thump jumping through the window at you a very different experience. Yeah, which um, has they did it several times. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, that's just easy gameplay right there. You get a raptor jumping in and, you know, man, if, you, if a dog was scary, now it's a giant, <laughs> you know, chicken with claws and stuff coming at yeah. you. Um. Wasn't there one part where you're like in the, the, the second or third story you're building or something and like a T Rex It's head just slams through. through. Yep, yep. yep. That was a good one. <laughs> yep. Sticks with you. <laughs> I remember yeah. that one from that vividly. <laughs> I know we've we've done a lot of these kinds of games in board game form, but if you know, we see like the rise of like um like Among Us and stuff where like the secret betrayer or like asymmetric gaming like Friday the 13th, like Jason versus like as a player versus like uh, what, like four or five campers who are trying to work together and like survive Jason. Uh, like, Hunt Showdown. That yeah. was a neat one. Me and Dean's have played that one. I don't know if you consider that horror, but. Yeah. But like, At... you know, yeah. Like, so what do you guys think about like Secret Betrayer or like, or just like the asymmetric games where like, it's, you're like one person's a monster and the other people are, are, are people or rather I loved Friday the 13th, the game, despite all its flaws, and I wish they'd still put out content, because they really, it was a real rough, uh, real, real rough launch for that game, um, and they really worked on it to make it better, and I think it really had something there um, with, with Jason as the killer and all the abilities you could do as Jason, and uh, I was so pumped when they said, we're doing Jason X, we're going to be on a space shuttle, you got to escape from the pods, and then just nothing, the, the whole big movie dispute came out, and who owns the rights to this and that. I think there was definitely something there, right? That was the beginning of like that type of uh, popularity besides, I don't don't know what else, Dead by Daylight was probably the other big one. Yeah. I really Um, wanted to get into Friday the 13th, um, but by the time I eventually got around to it, like it was dead, no pun intended mm -hmm. or anything, but, and like I I saw the glitch compilations and like people being able to like cheat and stuff. I'm like, oh, this is not fun. Because I know people would like rage quit if they weren't Jason. I'm like, I think being a camp counselor would be more fun. It is. So it much is. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's just, that's just me. I prefer cooperative gameplay. Like being Jason's got to be fun to do every once in a while, but like, you know, you're not, it's not scary when you're Jason. It's scary when you're the, the, the campers and you have to try to like evade them and stuff. Yeah. Being Jason was mostly frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely see that. Um, what was fun about that though, is I loved all the costumes they'd give him. Like you could be the NES Jason like you could be all kinds of weird, goofy versions of Jason. From like the NES Jason with, with the NES inspired music was really good. When you you hear him come by and you hear that boop 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 boop. Yeah. <laughs> oh good. my god. I I I was ragging on that game earlier. I do kind of like the music in it. It's not good, but like it's something about it is just. 
I don't know. Maybe it's a nostalgia thing. Just it's just tied to like kind of having fun. Yeah. Um, but like I said, you know, music goes a long way sometimes with this stuff. Uh, I got one. Cold Fear. Oh the yeah. PS2. <laughs> I don't even know that one. Uh, it was a Coast Guard ship, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but the whole the whole hook, as as Dean's was big on is uh you are on a moving ship so as you aim you literally rock left and right or if you're the ship is tilted it will rock like up and down and stuff like that so oh my gosh yeah. it sounds like i get motion sick just watching that happen that is why i never beat that game actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we talked a little bit about some uh, uh, we talked we touched on a lot of uh different games here and we talked a little bit about like what we think makes uh, horror games good. So if we were to try to take some of these lessons uh, that we've learned and build our own kind of horror game, what would you guys like, like to see? Like, what would your hook be, for example, John? Um, I think the, the most modern horror game that would be my ideal type of game would be Until Dawn. Uh, I think that nails all the beats of like a sort of cheesy 80s movie, also kind of like slasher, but then it has some really tense moments and it has... Um, I don't know. It's just something about the design of that game where it's not super gameplay heavy and you have these choices of, of you know, that have, you know, weight to them. Um, I think I'm, I'm real into that type of type of gameplay. I'm actually glad you brought them up because they do a beautiful thing where they're like the whole beginning, you're like real tense and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to screw this up. Somebody's going to die. What's, what's happening? And you're just like throwing snowballs and like <laughs> walking and opening doors. <laughs> and then like an hour or two into it, you're like, all right, this is, this is all this is, then that's fine. And then like one of the reveals happens and you're like, all right, now I have to worry for my life again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I try so hard to keep people alive and I was so panicked. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what if she does fall down the, the well here? You know what I mean? Like that's the one where the monsters of Wendigo, right? Yeah. 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 Which is cool that they use that. As, well, I think it's on the box now. Oh, um, cause like <laughs> I haven't played it. Inside. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't played it, and I know that it's a Wendigo. But yeah. I'm also really into cryptozoology. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That you ever, other than Marvel using its name and getting it completely wrong. Yep. I'm like, this is kind of neat that they're using that, because um, that's a, it's you know it's a North American monster. So speaking of cryptozoology here, when are we gonna have the first game based on the Mothman? It is one v five. One person's the Mothman. <laughs> what you... Plan this out now. Well, I think because the Mothman's not really like dangerous. It's more of like. Well, A, it's an owl that people saw, and uh, I, I don't think Mothman was... You're yeah. going to trip over a stick in two, in two hours and die. Like, what's but like, but like what's Mothman's thing, like, mythology for it is more like it's a portent of doom. Yeah. So it itself is not dangerous. It's like, oh, no, it, we saw the Mothman. Stay away from the bridge because it's going to collapse, which is more or less what happened with the Mothman sightings and why it, I think, got so popular. Um. Like when are we gonna get it? No, listen, we're all from Jersey here. When are we gonna get a good Jersey Devil game? That's the question. Because one, yeah, it's terrible <laughs> and it's it's bad. And we should get one if you're gonna survive in the woods. The Pine Barrens are freaking scary looking. Like that setting would be good. Yeah, I would like that setting a lot. I don't know how you do the Jersey Devil. I guess I think but... they did. Um, there's a Steam game called Bigfoot that I think was one v five, and someone was Bigfoot that had that kind of vibe, but it, it was very unpolished. Was, very, you know, was it early access? 
Yeah. Yeah, I think so. All right. At least then it has that excuse because I mean, there's some absolute stinkers on Steam, so it doesn't matter sometimes if it's done or not. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I would love to see more more asymmetrical like monster versus survivor kind of games. I think I think that's a really good fun way to, to to play games like and especially now with like i guess streaming might ruin that because if someone's like oh i can someone can have that going on on their phone and just kind of be like all right i see where jason is let me not be there um because i was thinking about we were thinking about doing some uh, among us streaming and i was like oh people in the chat can see if like i was the imposter and just say it in the chat like oh that yeah. kind of ruins it a little bit, but I think that'd be. I'm trying to think of more fun things we can do with a uh, uh, streaming that without we'll have like fan interaction. Yeah, um, we might be I, doing Fall Guys or something, but that's another conversation. Yeah. I think that honestly, it kind of it does kill the horror for me a little bit. Like having one other person is one thing, but like having like four, eight other people, and then one person, and then like you're constantly getting that turnover of like you have 20 minutes, you die, you come back, we start a new round or something like that. I feel like it kind of kills a little bit of the horror feel for me. I mean, that, I mean, it does go a different round, a different yeah. way than like, you know, your, your Resident Evil, your Silent Hill, where again, I think you have a little bit more of that immersive isolation. And I think the, the big, the psychological kind of aspect of those stories and how they can affect people or why they are the way they are kind of hit me a lot more than just like ooh boo scary you know yeah and like so. I said I'm, I'm more for the horror aesthetic so like even if someone wasn't playing the monster like a game where like we're kind of thrown out in the middle of the woods or something and there is like a wendigo trying to get at us and we have to kind of like work together to like evade it or you know just survive the night or something I think would be a lot of like we really up my alley and I get why uh that might not be particularly scary because you know human nature is like we want to be feel we feel safer in groups because it's yeah. just a biological survival survival thing um but i think that's why like it might appeal a little bit more to me also i'm, I'm more of a cooperative player at least in terms of multiplayer i'm, I'm less competitive and more cooperative I, th I think the hunt uh showdown mm -hmm. did a neat aspect of that like it wasn't it wasn't super polished. It was an early access Steam game at one time um, when we were playing, but it was two. It's two people. It's three teams of two, and you all have an objective to kill certain things. You get a bounty for killing them, and then you have to leave with the, I think the the trophies or whatever they drop. Yeah. Um, however, the other groups can kill you at any time while carrying those trophies and pick them up and leave with them and get the bounty instead. So I think that that was a, an interesting idea of like, you have a partner, but it's still pretty tense of like, you have to worry about the people, you have to worry about the NPC monsters, you have to worry about killing that, getting out, and then getting paid. So mm -hmm. I think that's an interesting balance as opposed to just like eight people run for their lives for 45 minutes and then try and flee. Yeah, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth either, but I'm thinking about like other recent horror trends and stuff. But like, have we finally gotten sick of zombies? Yes. Yeah. Right, <laughs> Five years ago, I think people were. Still yeah, zombies. yeah. Yeah, I was just realizing because it was, it was just never end zombie games, and my opinion of that was always like lame because uh, they're the most boring thing to they're the no the the easiest thing to program because their response to anything is just come at you. Mm -hmm. 
and then you can just have millions of them and just mow them down. When Resident Evil stopped doing like traditional zombies is when I think people kind of realize like maybe we've had too much. Yeah. When a game based on it changed their diet, their whole Left for Dead, topic. the one good zombie game. Yeah, I was say I did Left enjoy Dead. Left for Dead, but again, that's a cooperative game. I really like. May it rest in peace. Yeah. yeah. World War Z was alright. I I thought that had some aspects in it that like oh, there's something here. The zombies are fast and and scrambling at you and stuff. The horde idea was neat. Yeah. 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 I remember there was one part where we were uh, a couple of friends and I were playing it on Xbox and um, you know Left we're, yeah Left for Dead okay. and we were we were in one of the streets and like all right don't touch anything cars because like a car alarm can go off and it can summon stuff and I was just like oh I wonder if it would and I just shot the car and of course a horde came cause... but I don't know it was fun we were fine we didn't get like injured or anything at that point because that was still relatively early uh, and then you get one of those giant tank dudes to show up and then you're in lots of trouble. Yep. I don't remember what any of them were called except for the witch. The liquor was one, I think. No, Smoker was the guy in the hoodie. Smoker. Yeah. The brute or the tank? I don't remember. I think God, it's been brute. so long. But he's that big Hulk one. Holy crap. Yeah, it's been a long time since we played yeah. that. That three update just came out for Left 4 Dead 2, right? The community update? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. was there? Oh, yeah, can you like yeah. mod it now? A month ago or so. I haven't, I haven't dug into that, but I really want to. Yeah, it might be fun to go back to. I, I, I'm not a big first-person shooter guy either, but like I've had a lot. I had a lot of fun with uh, Left 4 Dead. I only played the first one. I didn't play the second. So I think the second one came out like a year later, and I was just like, "Yeah, this doesn't look different Pretty enough." Soon. Yeah, uh, similar game. They just kind of updated a decent amount of stuff. Like it feels more, a lot more polished. So yeah, I, just to me, I couldn't justify spending another sixty dollars a game on a game that was a, a, ostensibly a game that we, my friends and I, had all stopped playing a while ago. Yeah, I get you. But, you know. I have a question for you guys too. What's up? Um, what do you guys? What made PT such a phenomenon to everybody? I think it was the fact that it wasn't hyped, and it was essentially a reboot of a beloved property that nobody right. knew was going to be a thing. I loved it before I knew what it was. Yeah, yeah. like that hit, and everyone's like, "What is this PT thing?" This hit the PlayStation Store right yeah. now. All right, so so I said so I, I didn't play it. Um, so I got I got it from after the fact when it happened. I think word of mouth after it came out that it was Silent Hills. I think a lot more people gave it a shot because I, I think a lot of people might have seen PT and just like whatever and just move on. Yeah. So like, why did you download it, Tim? Then if if you didn't know it was Silent Hill. Uh, I actually I hadn't turned on my PlayStation in a while, and somebody was like, "Yo, just do me a favor, mm-hmm. download this and play it." Okay. And I was like, okay, I can do that. So you went so in I, blind. I, yeah, I had no idea at the oh, time. It was good. like the day release or the day after. Yeah. Um, and I had, I just, I started it and like I said, I play a lot of games for like the, the psychological aspect of, of the why and, and the story underneath of why this is happening. Um, I feel like Silent Hill kind of hits a lot of those pretty well. And it definitely gave me that same vibe of like, I want to know why he's in this area and why this area is the way that it is. And I think that that mystery played a big role in kind of hooking people into it. Yeah, I I think that was a really interesting marketing stunt because all of a sudden, like everyone was talking about a game demo. Mm. When does that ever happen? Um, And then they canceled it and pulled it off the store and... I don't get 
Poor Guillermo del Toro. He keeps trying to make a video game and it keeps not happening. Missed opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. That game's never coming out. Yeah. Well, at least Norman Reedus got to continue to be in a video game. It's true. Uh, I think PT might have been like a home run on on every front, right? Like the sound design was crazy and very tense moments. Um, Just very simple stuff, just walking forward and not knowing what's around that corner and being like, just hearing the, the radio and the clicks and, and the, the baby crying and the door and just trying to figure out these crazy, insane puzzles of just like, what is this? I don't understand. It, just, it touched. Just kept going. Yeah, it touched on everybody's fears too. Like insects, random eyes, dolls, uh, like blood. There was, there was so much in there to unpack as you're playing through it and as you're finding out more and more. Like... I, I remember that that release hit, and everyone's just all of a sudden the internet was buzzed. Like yeah. you gotta try this PT thing. No one like they hit it very well to become you know the big reveal at the end. And uh, I think the the whole mystery for the longest time, even after people figured out the ending, was was figuring out how to trigger it. Yeah, like, that was the big cooperative thing of like how do we get this final step to trigger? Like we know these first two, but then like people are speculating like you gotta say certain words into a microphone at a certain <laughs> time. Where like it was just this insane conspiracy of like how do we solve this game like we've done it but i don't know what we did yep it was Uh, crazy that's awesome man we we live in an age where we can do that now with all of our instant access to each other like communication it's amazing that more games especially because it's an interactive medium like don't take advantage of that yeah and i think they like uh dean said he he, they hit that in a, a great way where they're just like hey release this softly and then let everybody else talk about it. Yeah. And the internet itself did a pretty good job of being like, hey, you, everyone should play that for at least the first few days. Afterward, it was everybody knew. But mm. for the first few days, it was just like, yo, everyone should play this. How and many no YouTube other channels and, and Twitch channels were, were on PT for like a week straight? Yep. of just like people trying to see people's reactions to what happens. Yeah. Yeah, like it, I, and I'm someone that wasn't in the, the market for something like that. I don't even have a console that played it. But, like, it was really cool to just kind of watch. And, and I was like, wow, that's a really neat way to do it. And I was like, oh, Silent Hills. There hasn't been a Silent Hill game since, like, well, not a numbered Silent Hill game. I guess this one wasn't numbered either. But it felt like a mainline installment. Because it feels like that series had been spinning its wheels for a while, even with Silent Hill 4. Just as an outsider, I don't know if that if you guys feel the same way. I enjoyed all of them. I definitely it's 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 like Resident Evil for me. I enjoyed all of them. I probably shouldn't have, mm-hmm. but I did. There's only one Silent Hill game that I do not enjoy at all, and that is Homecoming. How dare you? <laughs> well, all right, we found something. Let's it get sh- into this. Why, Tim? Why is Homecoming be- a masterpiece? <laughs> why is it the game of a generation tim tell us <laughs> god uh in, in, no I, in the I future in the future humanity's going to look back at, uh, at, at having two distinct eras before homecoming and after homecoming. <laughs> yeah why are you putting in this your time capsule for the future generation <laughs> just because i said it wasn't awful yeah. um i am not a huge fan of four actually um because of the weird choices and departures, the ghost aspect. It it felt very jarring. It didn't feel like there was a a big main story and it actually wasn't fully developed by the same teams and you can kind of tell. Um, 
Homecoming felt more like a modern at that time Silent Hill and it told an aspect of a story where they hit the psychological idea of why people are stuck in Silent Hill and how it affects people and that is why I think it is better all right, John, why is it the worst thing that's ever happened in humanity's history? <laughs> uh, I just, it, it had, I don't know, there's always a connection I feel like you make in, in especially the first three, maybe less, less so than four of the Silent Hill games with, with the reasons why things are happening and, and the connections with the characters and understanding their their psyche of things. And I, I did not care about the main character at all in Homecoming or, or anything that was happened. I don't know, it just felt like, by the numbers like you might have to remember silent hill we're gonna do some silent hill stuff and it just like did not connect at all there's definitely like you can tell the marketing team was like yo pitch this thing so we can sell it 110 mm-hmm. percent um that was it's def that was definitely a i don't know a lackluster area of that is it felt like very heavy-handed at times but i liked the story did you ever finish it is the question no, I was so bored halfway through that game. I was just like, no, I'm good. I enjoyed the ending and kind of surmising his story. I didn't necessarily like or dislike the main character. I was kind of apathetic, which is not granted a great... That's weird, considering you said this is the greatest game of a generation. Don't. <laughs> don't do that. I don't want to wake up tomorrow with the entire internet like, yo, this man is awful. Um <laughs> I just enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. It tempered expectations. Exactly. Yes. John, you were expecting too much of this game with yeah. a name that used to mean something and now is dragged through the mud. I was like, yeah. oh, next gen Silent Hill. Like, I'm ready for it. Like, let's yeah. go. And then whatever. <laughs> that yeah. was it. I, I, would, I would dare to say it and Downpour are pretty similar in most aspects. Can we talk about my favorite game of all time? Speaking of downpour, which is <laughs> yeah. not, yeah. not downpour, but but is yeah. rain related and deadly premonition. Okay, I haven't played deadly premonition, but you know you have the floor. I think uh, I think the switch port is excellent. I think it had a, again a rough launch. Uh, the second one even had a rough launch, uh, despite how much time they had to put that together, where it was unplayable in some parts. I, I haven't finished it yet because of the. Once you hit an outside area in, in Deadly Premonition 2, it is just five frames a second trying to walk around and have things happen. But I think uh, the first game, if you are a fan of Twin Peaks, um, that's it. That's the game for you. Uh, there's enough weird mystery. I think the soundtrack is incredible. One of my favorite video game soundtracks of all time with just the, the weird, quirky music at appropriate times. And um, the, the weird... Uh, dialogue between the characters is so good. Um, I think people really get hung up on the technical aspect of the game where it looks like a PS2 game and it plays real stiff and rigid. The controls are a little wacky, but I think that the charm lies in the story and uh, the characters and just the world. And I, I think people should really give that a try. Okay. He has pitched that to me several times. I've tried so hard it, to get well, all my friends to play this game. Right. I, will, I will at some point pick that up that is that is definitely on my list of games well, tim have you watched twin peaks i have what did did you like it 
I think I liked like it as much word. as yeah. yeah. I think I liked it as much as most people like that show. Right. From what I know of Deadly Premonition, like it is very Twin Peaks esque. Especially asking people yeah. after the most recent season. Well, all right. One of my best friends <laughs> is super into Twin Peaks, and we have very, very different opinions. Let's get into it. Let's go. Uh, right. <laughs> I'll save that. I'll I'll wait till I can have him come on, and we'll do an episode on Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks: The Return. Just Twin Excellent. Peaks forever. Yeah. Oh man, um, it's just an hour of people screaming at each other. You know what? I might like. I haven't watched Twin Peaks: The Return. Uh, I watched it weekly as it was coming out. I might actually like it if I was able to binge it. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I think the waiting a week and being like, oh my God, that was it for a lot of it. Like, I was really frustrated by big parts of the story. I'm like, yeah. when's Dougie going to just be uh, Cooper again? <laughs> I'm like, we're 10 <laughs> weeks in. There's only like two episodes left. <laughs> like, uh, But anyway, I might give Daily Permission a shot. What did you think of the sequel? Um, I have not finished it yet. The, it has some real issues running on Switch, technical issues. Um, they... They've been slowly patching it, and I'm waiting for it to be um, playable. Is <laughs> <laughs> it finished? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's I mean, I know, not ready yeah. to be a video game, but they just put it out. Like, here, we don't have money, I guess, here. Oof. Ooh, that's rough. I know, because um, I know that was such a cult classic for so long that when, A, I, they saw that they were porting it, I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then B, they're like, and there's a sequel. I'm like, what? Yeah. I guess they realized that they thought there was more money to be had then I think I realized that there was going to be. Um, but that's, you know, I guess it's cool that they got a sequel. I wish it was better. Yeah, I, I wish it was the technical aspects of it. It's the same as the first game. It really suffers from, from I guess, just buggy, uh, not up to par on what a game should be released as in a state. But I think the definitely the characters and the dialogue, everything, it was very so well quirky and, and musically good. Uh, everything else about the game is so good um, that if you can overlook the technical mess it can be at times, um, I, I think don't play the PC version of the game. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. Play the play the PS3 version. Um, there's some story differences. Uh, I highly recommend the Switch version because it's ported the original Xbox 360 version. Um, the PS3 version is a director's cut. It has some weird framing around the story um, where it sets up for the second game. And... Um, that was a really weird time to expect a second game out of that. This weird cult classic. I'm like, okay, buddy, let's relax here. Let's get through this first game and fix it <laughs> yeah. first. Um, speaking of cult classics, uh, I know one that uh, has really gained a lot of notoriety in like retro gaming circles is uh, for GameCube, uh, Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem. Mm-hmm. Did you guys play that when it came out? I mash these two together all the time. Eternal Darkness is the one where, like, you're you have a sanity meter and you get an error, like that gives you random things like an error, like your game save is deleted and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I match that and Alone in the Dark together all the time, and I forget which one is which. Oh, Alone man. in the Dark is actually a pretty old series. It used to be on PC. Yeah. Yeah. Like only. But and for then, some reason, every time it comes up, I'm just like, which one? I, there's another game I really wanted to like, but I just could not. It was Alone in the Dark Inferno. Yeah, uh, I went back yeah. to it recently, and I was like, "Nope, this ain't it." Yeah, but I, uh, I, I you say I really liked the the the, the hook for Sanity's Requiem, Eternal, you know, about yeah. Eternal Darkness, where like it's kind of messing with like you think there's a fly on your TV and you try to get it, but it's part of the game. Like, but I never got a. By the time I got around to playing it, like I kind of knew all of its tricks like that. So, I think knowing that going into it, like, oh, 
it took away a lot of its impact for me. Same. Uh, I didn't play when it came out. I played it later on after you know everyone had talked about it. I'm I don't, so sorry. I don't think it's a particularly interesting game outside of the mechanics. Oh boy! Imagine having to play an hour and a half again uh, because you turned your system off because you thought it deleted your save file. <laughs> yeah. uh, I played it at the time, and it, it's a shame that a lot of people didn't get that chance because those it seems like little things but it's things that were never done in a video game before. Yeah, that's and what they, I really appreciate about it. Yeah, and they really stuck out at the time. Like, I I was playing with a friend of mine, and they've we had to turn the system off because we were like, we're going to break this whole system after the, the error code. <laughs> and then when we load it back up, we're like, we can still load this. What's happening? Like, <laughs> it's, I don't know. Just something about it really stuck with me, even yeah. if I mash it uh, into another game as well. That's fine. <laughs> you know, we, we mentioned Alone in the Dark. We mentioned Silent Hill. We mentioned Resident Evil. What is it with these like great horror video games getting just terrible, terrible movies? And Resident Evil got a lot of them. I don't. Did. I don't. Yeah. There's like seven Resident Evil movies. I know they were tough for you to remember that they existed. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't. Very painful for him to talk about. <laughs> when the best one is probably Silent Hill. At least yeah. in terms of like getting close uh, to the game. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, at least I, tried. I fell asleep during that movie and had no desire to ever go back to it and finish it. Um, I think Alone in the Dark might be the worst one with Christian Slater and Tara Reid. Alone in the Dark. Oh, bad, dude, dude, I forgot that. Yeah, I forgot that existed. Oh, you know what? Was so bad. <laughs> you mentioned mashing that up with Eternal Darkness. I was mashing that up with House of the Dead. That's another really It's another terrible, little, terrible <laughs> one. Awful. Yeah. Uh, I remember my dad rented that movie. Um, I watched this recently. I tried to get you to watch it too yep. with me. Yeah, no. I watched it with my father because uh, he it. was real hyped about it. I saw it in theaters. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I remember being like, this is, it's not one of my first cinematic like disappointments, I'll say, or like where I was watching it, I was like, this movie's bad <laughs> like, it was one of the more fun ones i had my friends were like well i think that's one of the first movies where we're all like just kind of started making fun of it throughout the movie um and that started this whole long thing like my love of like mystery science theater 3000 like movies and stuff but oh god it's just the inappropriate game footage and stuff just that, like, that, that whole ending part where there's just uh, like all of a sudden it's the video game and they're trying to play it like it's the movie and i'm like are you serious what's going on here man yeah Whose idea was it? Oh, man, I guess I guess if you count it, Doom as well, where they didn't even try to make it a horror movie. Because it's yeah. not even demons, it's like aliens or something. Like, it's always on Mars, but like... Ugh. There was a weird, like, mashup that, where they yeah. tried to, like, they mentioned the occult, and then they were like, but also it's, like, maybe aliens. Or uh, like, or like genetic, or maybe it was like a Resident Evil, like, biochemical weapon. Yeah. That, like, mutated know. people or something. I only watched yeah. that once, so... I watched that once a long time ago when that yeah. was relevant. And then I didn't watch the new Doom movie because I heard it was terrible. Which new Doom? Yeah, uh, exactly. I don't remember what its subtitles. It's like Doom something. But the came Netflix out. one? Was it on Netflix? My match. Yeah, the, it is on Netflix. I don't know if that's the way it was. It was definitely VOD. I don't remember what it's called, but it was not yeah. good. I tried to watch it. I watched it. I thought it was okay. Uh, Deal with yeah. that. I, I haven't seen stuff. it. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it. So to be fair, I don't want to comment. I just heard it was really bad, and I was just like, "All right, I'll just move on with my life." I expected it to be a B movie, and I think that was 
that's yeah. the way you should go into delivered that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are there's a couple movies that i think take inspiration from video games like the void i think is an excellent movie and it has a very silent hill vibe to it um, i don't know if i've ever seen what's it called the oh, void man. the void yeah it's awesome highly recommend it if you can find it on streaming somewhere um and there's another one that's kind of like dead space i don't remember the name i ha- you made me watch this movie What's that? The Void. The Void. Yeah, it's yeah. excellent. Yeah, it was. I was actually pretty surprised. It does definitely have a Silent Hillish feel. Yeah. They um, were cultists and and in the hospital and so good. What was I the like other it. movie you made me watch when they were in the forest? I mean, that does uh, narrow it down. Yeah, they, <laughs> the they forest. Went, they went. Um, they went to like Sweden or Norway. They were hiking. Hiking. Snow was it not Zombies in the Snow movie? I forget what that one's called. Anyways, uh, look for movies where they're hiking in the woods. <laughs> um, is that that Netflix movie? That was one that came out semi recently, a couple years ago. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I don't remember. That was all right. After that, so many drama. I don't remember the title of it though. Um, Giant thing think? with antlers at the end. Spoiler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. I, I don't remember the title for life of me though. I can't remember the title of anything anymore, so it's all good. <sighs> um, but yeah, uh, do you guys have any other thing? Any other horror game stuff you'd like to bring up before we move on? Uh, man, well, I don't know, Tim. What do you have? Do you ha- do you think limits improve or hinder a game? I think if the people making it are creative, it can improve it. Okay. Yeah, I think we touched upon it with Silent Hill 2, but yeah. like Resident Evil's tank controls. They're brutal now, but then they were just standard, but it made it definitely feel more panicked because you can't control the character. I I think well. I think it's limits for how many saves you can do and like how limited like ammo and supplies were. I think if it had more of a standard control, I think that would have been just as good. Really? Yeah, I, I think because your characters—I don't want to say helpless—but you're you're very limited in what you can and cannot have access to at any given moment. Um, I also I just I hate that PlayStation One era thing where you got to jump between rooms and it's like the camera angle keeps changing and then like your character's controls change because of the tank. I the character controls things were frustrating. Um, yeah. I like the the static camera occasionally though. Because that allows for a lot of manipulation of like the camera angle, the the scene itself, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna say it's bad. It's just I I don't like any game that does that. Not because they do it in like other non horror games as well. Yeah. Um, I I just never like that. I find it real frustrating. All of a sudden, like every like just to get down a hallway, I have to get through like five different screens, and your characters' controls keep changing, and like sometimes you go back one because you don't realize. Oh, drives me nuts. Drives me nuts about that generation. <laughs> I think no, the worst yeah. controlled horror game I've ever played is the Juan on House Simulator because it's on the Wii, so you have the one analog stick, you have the nunchuck, oh. and you're trying to move like that with with waving it around to try to point in your direction and not teleport like like VR controls, but you're just slowly walking. It, oh my god! Uh, shattered memories. I had that for the Wii. Yeah, yep. and I loved everything about that game and that design and, and the whole 
remake, except the controls were awful. Did they yeah. port that to PS3 and stuff too, though? They PS2, yeah. PS2. Was it, oh yeah, whatever. Was, yeah. So so you have the options out there to play that with a standard controller, at least now. Now. Um, that was when I was trying to remember because that's the one was like all icy, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's not. The whole time we're talking about Res- not Resident Evil, Silent Hills. I was like, what was the one on, on Wii? It was all icy, and I can't remember what it was called. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you got there was no that. comment in that a combat in that either. So. Yeah, I think sometimes depending on the game, like that kind of stuff works really well. Um, the being helpless thing. It's like uh, it's like you know the talk about tabletop games in Call of Cthulhu. Like, if you're in combat, you're playing the game wrong. Like, you you because you're just it's not designed for combat. Um, I can understand it for specific stuff like yeah. like the nemesis show up and like like I mentioned Pyramid Head and stuff like that. But like, if a little gremlin runs up to me, uh, I would pick up a stick and try and hit it. I assume, but yeah. I don't know. But I'd like the option. What do you think of uh, Dead Rising then, where like everything's a weapon? I enjoyed it for what it was. Definitely the first one. Um, it got a little bit too ridiculous. But the first one, you can put a big uh, serve bot thing on your head and run around. Yeah. You can yeah. you can unlock being Mega Man. Yeah. Yeah. Which it was neat. Yeah, I didn't. No. I never really considered it horror. I guess it was more like. It was more just like a goofy. Yeah. Uh, like actiony kind of game. Yeah. I mean, it's got I a lot of horror it's... elements besides just there being hordes of zombies, like the ticking clock, and then there's people that can like live or die depending on your actions. There's, there's, I don't know. I, I only really played the first one. I do like Dead Rising. Um, I've had no yeah. desire to revisit that world. I had a similar <laughs> problem with that that I did with G- I do with GTA. I have a lot of fun screwing around with it for like a couple of hours and then I'm just kind of done. I'm like, all right, I mowed, I started a lawnmower and went through a whole horde of zombies. Like, I don't think I'm going to see anything cooler than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm not a big fan of like open world-ish type games. I like having objectives and goals and like working towards them. And granted, there are that and they are there in the game, but they're so easy to ignore. Um, yeah, you can just sit there for the three days and yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah, I don't remember exactly, but it's very uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Which I appreciated, uh, so I like that movie. Um, but yeah, unless you guys get any other final points about uh, horror games, I think that'll do it for this episode. Oh, I got one. All right, what's one, up? One question. Um, there's the PS2 era seems to be, well, this is more a collector's question, I guess. The, yeah. But the horror games for the PS2 seem to be the most expensive. Like, why do you think that is? Do you think that is it is a combination like a small print run and just a cult classic later on? Because I don't remember anyone talking about like the haunting or was it haunting grounds or um, like Fatal Frames. I know are expensive. Yeah, like Rural Rose is like a two hundred dollar PS2. Yeah, Rural Rose is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. remember anyone talking about that stuff when it came out. Which is weird because like I don't think there was like an overabundance of horror games, so people were just like sick of it then. Because because what did we get? We got what Resident Evil Four. We got uh, what two Silent Hill games? No, three Silent Hill games. Three, four. Yeah, three, two, three, and four came out, right? Yeah. Two, three, four. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, there was a decent amount of horror games on there. Yeah, it's a good point. A lot of them are really expensive, because even those games are expensive. One, yeah, one of the obscures I know 
I forget if it's obscure or obscure two. I think it's obscure Aftermath. one. Yeah. Yeah. Fatal Aftermath's frame. Pretty cheap. Yeah, the Fatal Frame games are pretty expensive. Um, Kuon is another one that's like one hundred fifty dollars. So yeah. I don't. I don't yeah, it's a good question. I'm honestly not sure. I never really thought about it till just now. But it might just be like I don't really remember people talking about horror games at the time. Maybe they're just kind of like not in vogue at you know as much as they were. I know print runs were crazy small, but yeah, there's that. I mean, there's probably some of that too. So were a lot of like NES games and and well, stuff like say, that. So. Well, well, like discs and stuff were ch- are cheaper to make than um, you know cartridges. So yeah. you imagine they that wouldn't be as much of an issue. But maybe it was, maybe its development cost was like a lot higher then. So maybe the risk reward, like those games are probably more expensive. They probably weren't selling as big numbers. They probably didn't make as probably a self fulfilling prophecy. Then they didn't make as many runs. So they just didn't get a chance to get out as much. Did they pull copies of Roll of Rose? I don't know if that was true or not. I always heard about that. There was some weird... I've I've never seen anything concrete about that, but like, I'm yeah. not sure. I think maybe that's why that was uh, uh, probably the most... I think that's the most expensive PS2 game in the collector's market right now. I started it's working it's in at a... least up there. Yeah. yeah. I, I started working in a video game company... Uh, right after like a, a few years after the the release so i don't remember if they pulled that or not yeah i don't remember i wasn't working for said video game company at the time <laughs> yeah uh um but yeah no yeah that's a good question i yeah, that's really weird i can't we sold it I... after the fact yeah. i remember that it was still in the system so you could still sell it so i don't know if they pulled it in the beginning and then re-released it after or what but you think that might actually go like I guess depending on what it was pulled for because like when Night Trap people parents were freaking out about that like all of a sudden the game became a hit like nobody bought it beforehand like you're like oh this game's too hardcore for shelves like I I feel like we would have heard more about it isn't there like boobs or something and that's like the big thing and Rule of Rose Rule of Rose yeah wasn't there some there was something. I, I think they that... alleged that someone in there was a teenager and it was like a little weird. I don't remember uh, the whole controversy about it. Oh, okay. I, I know there was some weird backstory of like not okay, and that's why people talked about possibly pulling it. But yeah, but even like Haunting Ground and Cool, and I think there are other like $150 PS2 games, and there was no controversy around them. I don't think, and they're still very expensive for a disc, you know. Yeah, and yeah. like the Silent Hill games are like 50 bucks plus. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah. gone up recently. People want to go back to that. Yeah. I think because they're they've had such terrible ports, yeah. In the in the in the preceding in the years after their release, that like, that's still the best way of playing them is to get a PS2 and, and to play them. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, maybe people can write to us or leave a comment on this video or wherever you're listening to it. Um, let us know, and then maybe I mean maybe just be as simple as like, hey, let's just go on Google and just type <laughs> that and then find out. But like, yeah, I don't know offhand. I don't remember hearing about Rule, Rule of Roses, um, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, was it I just was, print run or what? Like, yeah, I wasn't, would, a, yeah, I wasn't a PS2 guy at the time, so it would have, if it was something happening, I wouldn't have heard about it. Even the Genesis, I think the haunting with the, I think it was the haunting, I don't remember the subtitle to it, but it's a, a horror Genesis game where you're like the ghost or something. Oh, you're, um, it's a Poltergeist game. That's it, yep. Are you called Poltergeist? Is that what it's called? Yep. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Yep. Um, and Splatterhouse games on that are also really expensive. But like that was right, one yeah. of the the 
MSRB and stuff was starting to come yeah. into effect. So yeah. I think slapping a mature thing on it at the time, like everyone was like, it was like the satanic panic of the eighties. It was just like the violent video game, like fear mongering of the nineties. Yeah. Um, but Poltergeist wasn't like particularly graphic or anything. It was more goofy. Yeah. It was like no scarier than like zombies ate my neighbors, which I also love. Again, yeah. it's a cooperative game. Um, yeah, no, that's a good question. Yeah. All right. I got a closing one. All right, what's up? Right. Top five. Top five horror games? Yeah. Um, well, you, you can only pick one per franchise. title per franchise, yeah. All right. Because um, otherwise it would all be Resident Evil for me. And that's I, can, I can give you a list, but it's going to not be in any particular order. Okay. Um, I say that, now I have to think about it for a second. Um, so, Tim, why don't you start us off while we give us a chance to think? Um, I actually, I, I tried to make this beforehand and I deleted and re-added and deleted and re-added for like an hour. Uh, and I ended up at the end where I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Leaving uh, Resident Evil Remake, Silent mm-hmm. Hill 2, Dead Space, Alan Wake, and the original Bioshock. It's a pretty good list. Not checking the wall. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there looking at my games. I'm, I'm trying to jog my memory. Um, I would say, all right, so my games aren't necessarily based on being scary, but just how much fun I've had with them. Um, I would say Left 4 Dead. I did have a lot of fun with that game, uh, even okay. though I never really went back to it. Um, right now, I'd say Doom Eternal. Um, uh, Ghostbusters, the video game. Um, my definition of horror is a little bit... Sh- not Ghostbusters bit- 2 it's, for it's NES? Fun. No, not, not Ghostbusters 2 for NES. Maybe new Ghostbusters 2 for... European NES. Yeah. Um, see, that's three. Uh, Gargoyles Quest 2. Uh, and then a fifth one. Come back to me. Come back to me and I'll let you know. Okay. Right. Oh, yeah, I guess Castlevania 4. Sorry. Because <clears throat> I like Castlevania. Yeah, super casual. Just because you can do the whip thing, right? You just—that's the only thing that has over the original game, in my opinion. Like it's, it's sort of a remake of it. I struggle with that for forever. I pulled I, Fatal Frame and Evil Within and Parasite Eve and Dino Crisis all like went on and off and on and off that list yeah. forever. Deans, what's yours? Oh, it's it's Deadly Premonition A one. No yeah. question. That's that's the game. SSS tier. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I go Silent Hill two. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street for NES. Um, that's three, right? Yeah. They say, "Why wow, you put that one that high?" Oh yeah, I love that game. It's so stupid, but I love it. That's fine. Um, excellent platformer. I think underappreciated because it has some flaws. But uh, Bioshock, the original, I think definitely that was a, a revelation for a lot of people. Yeah. Time. And um, this last one, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Um, one we didn't talk about. Maybe we should have Alien Isolation. Interesting. Yeah. That was a good game. We probably should have brought that up earlier. Yeah. yeah well, Evil Within was the same moment for me. I realized when I looked at the list, like, oh, crap, I didn't even bring that up. <laughs> it happens. There's always, uh, uh, full disclosure, there's always things we mean to talk about at the end of these episodes that we never do. And once we're done, we're like, like when we did Super Nintendo games, it's like, we didn't even talk about Donkey Kong. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> so, 
yeah, have everybody always... tell us what we missed. Yeah, oh, I'm sure they were going to do that anyway. <laughs> um, and go for it. Uh, it's good for the algorithm. Sound off in the comments. Why are we wrong and what did we miss? Yeah, and why I shouldn't have been the person to host the dis- this discussion since I don't like actual scary games. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so that'll do it for this week. Um, next week to continue with our horror-themed stuff for October, we're going to be looking at Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episodes. Yeah, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to that one uh, quite immensely just because as an excuse to just rewatch a whole bunch of them in like a day, I can just do that. Um, so I'm looking That's an October ritual for me is to watch all the Treehouse of Horrors. Yeah. I've only seen like one or two. There's some, <sighs> there's some really good stuff in there. And, but like the Simpsons, it's up to a certain point and then it's really bad. One day, Deans, we'll have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, we should. Maybe we'll do a, a, a online watch party yeah. or something. Um, but I'll probably be this Wednesday or something real quick because I have to get these recorded and up weekly. Um, <laughs> And spoiler alert, I have a whole show I need to watch before November, so we can talk about that. I haven't even started. Um, but yeah, so that'll do us for this week. I'd like to thank all my guests for coming out. Thanks, Thank you, Tim. Thank you, John. Thanks thank for having us. me. Yeah. No, man, anytime. I'll definitely have you guys on again. Uh, Tim, you've been on a couple times. John, I'll have you on uh, again. Uh, maybe recently, you know, maybe in the near future, I'll have you on for some of these uh, other things. We'll talk about some stuff behind the scenes. Some more spooky stuff. Yeah, I was already planning on having you on for a couple of uh, the upcoming episodes this month. So um, I'll talk to you about that. Maybe we'll schedule some things out. Um, but I'll do us for this week. Um, visit us at levelupentertainment.com. Um, there you'll find uh, links to all of the podcast episodes, plus our any of the events we have going on, um, and also a link to our web store where you can get all kinds of like great uh, video game merchandise and games. So uh, quite a few of these ones we've mentioned are as of this recording available, um, including some of the more expensive, like Silent Hill games and stuff. Um, I don't have Fatal Frame at the moment. We just sold out of that, but uh, a lot of the really good games we've mentioned. I just got Super Castlevania 4 in the other day, so that we have that one right now. But uh, yeah, you can pick that stuff up. We can mail it to you. You can come in the store. We can do curbside pickup, whatever you want to do. We can figure it out. Um, but that'll do us for this week. So until next time, stay safe. Stay safe.